am so excited to be joined by two actors that are currently performing Richard III throughout New York City. We're going to get to dates, but this is an exciting new production. We've got Delaney Feener and Pamela Sabah joining us. Welcome, both of you. Hi. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to Broadway Radio. Are you both uh, new to being on Today on Broadway or Broadway Radio? Is this the first time? Yes, this is my first time. Yes, same here. Well, this is perfect because everyone's going to love you. And now whatever show you do after this, they're going to say, make sure that you get to talk to them. Oh so, my gosh, I love that. We're really, yeah, this is this is super exciting because um, I, I love, uh, shout out to the press room famously, um, who lets us know about all the great shows happening Broadway and beyond. Um, and currently yeah. throughout Manhattan, across Central Park, Brooklyn Commons and Carl Scherz Park, you can catch Richard III in this all-female and gender non-conforming cast production. I only say that to say that, like, I feel like sometimes people hear there's Shakespeare in New York and they think, I've seen Shakespeare in New York. And then they kind of tune out a little bit. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's there's new interpretations all the time. And also maybe it's not a new interpretation. It's just new for your eyeballs. So get over it. Mm. Um, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So please, like, tell us both a little bit about this production. Um, I know that uh, both of you have, like, your theatrical ties, and I'm just curious, like, what gravitated you towards this project? Yeah. Um, so so as you stated, it is a, um outdoor production of Richard III. It's about a two-hour cut, which historically the show, if you run it in its full text, is about four hours, if not a little over. So it's a pretty through-line cut of the script and it's a cast of seven so there's a lot of doubling and tripling and as you stated it's everyone with um femme or non-binary bodies on stage which I think um yeah always makes it different and exciting for Shakespeare I think historically of course Shakespeare was originally only done by men of the time playing all of the genders oh this and- is news to me <laughs> Well, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Historically, Mm -hmm. when they originally were doing these productions, um, younger men with higher voices would play the femme roles. And um, now I I love the idea that, I mean, frankly, too late in the game, but we are finally starting to see some productions kind of taking that original premise and just flipping it um, and giving the other gender some opportunity. Um, Which is really, really exciting. And I think hearing the language that is typically written and performed by men from our mouths is a new way and a new take on the production, of course. And then also, I just have to mention with Richard III, it is the only character in Shakespeare's canon that has an explicit disability listed um, in the text. And so I also, myself, am an actor with a disability. I was born with a upper right arm limb difference. And so um, getting to perform this role authentically is is always very, very important to me. And I have a feeling it will haunt me because of that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Pamela. You, you yeah, well, um, <clears throat> yes, I also am a performer with a disability. I'm legally blind. I was diagnosed when I was 14 with juvenile macular degeneration. So I'm low vision. I have peripheral vision. Um, so it's uh, really, it, it, it just adds to the lived experience of these actors, what we can bring to this production. <clears throat> and it's um, like with Delaney as Richard, um, it should be authentically cast as a performer with a disability, as this character has a disability. And also, it's really important for um, performers with disabilities to be cast in 
in roles that aren't specifically set out for disabled actors. Um, so that's why I'm very excited to also be a part of this production, um, you know, and a play that is pretty complex in its view and, and the way it deals with um, disability, among so much other stuff historically that's going on. Um, yeah, social, hierarchical, patriarchal, all of that good stuff. <laughs> Medieval. My favorite words. You've just listed like truly the best topics, especially today. I mean, as we're recording right. this, there's a lot of history taking place. So I don't want 100%. to like carry the lead there. Yeah. But um, it's, it, yeah, it is fascinating, right? Because I think we talk a lot about in theater how there are such limited performance opportunities for characters that are written with a disability and then hardly ever cast with people with said disabilities ever. Right. Right. And then there's also like this new, like restructured lens where we say, okay, so there are these famous plays that you all know. And in order for there to be like a level of inclusion, like, can you please just like reformat this in a way that includes everyone? Um, and I really appreciate that this uh, performance opportunity is given to so many different, like, levels of inclusion in that sense. Um, it's really exciting, especially limiting it to seven actors, which also like ups the ante of like, all right, so not only are you doing this production, it's two hours, we've condensed it, and you're playing yeah. multiple roles. Like that is yeah. such a feat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the wonderful things as an actor to be doing this um, outside uh, as Shakespeare plays were done. Um, just the these actors uh, working off of one another, we are, we bring it all really, right? You know, the, there's no major sets. There are some awesome costumes. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. Um, Ooh, tell, well, tell us a little bit about the costumes. What are you loving in that? <laughs> oh, well, they're right. Medieval and Renaissance, sort of a, a mashup of that style. So to, to be in this urban, in these urban parks, and then suddenly, boom, this pop of color, and um, style from so long ago, it just, it's so exciting. I can hear audience members as we're walking through the park, you know, I hear little kids saying, oh, there's a queen and there's a queen and she's not Aww. a queen, but she's royal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just, it's exciting and people just see us walking through and they're like, you know, with um, also just the, the, some of the stuff I wear is Lord Stanley, um, my leather a vest a flapping as I'm walking with my walking stick. It's just like people are like, hey. That'd be pride to us all. This right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> really. True. Well, and there's something quite magical about, I, I find, um, you know, keeping with the origin of Shakespeare being outdoors and natural projection and all of that, being in the kind of heightened medieval doublets and dramatic capes and crowns, it feels very um, special in a certain way. It does. It's it's really, you know, it's like um time travel. It feels yeah. transporting. It transports us to a different time and place, right? It's it's so cool. Well, there's also something really nostalgic, right? Like I think audiences that are excited about like theater in the park and whatnot, like they are also wanting to feel like they're quote like seeing Shakespeare sometimes and the only time that they feel that way I've I've found is when there is that sense of like 
old school, like Renaissance period, like costumes, even though you're like, guys, like expand your minds a little bit. But I think that this is, this is also how you marry those differences. Cause I, I I know that we have to meet audiences in their space sometimes. Um, But when we are expanding the form, like giving them a little bit of like, all right, cool. But this is like our version of this. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of these audiences have never seen Shakespeare before. Uh, exactly. You know, they're not necessarily theater goers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, I was just going to mention that having it be free accessible theater, we get a lot of people that, yeah, this may be the first time that they're ever hearing the text. And I think the assumptions about it, you nailed it, Grace. People <laughs> want to see the whole shebang when they see Shakespeare. Um, yeah. So when we're kind of adding that element in, I believe. And it's part of the um, embracing of the art form of theater, you know, like the old grease paint, um, right? The, like the magic of the traveling troupe of players, which Mm -hmm. we are this summer. (laughs) Which you actually are. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you know, across three separate locations, you were in Central Park June 13th through the 25th, then Brooklyn Commons June 27th through July 2nd, and Carl Scherz Park July 4th through the 9th. So you've got a lot going on, and all these performances are Tuesday through Sunday nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely been um, a, a cha- like a challenging experience in that way. Just like that, it, that it is a lot of effort. To Pamela's point, like this old style. <laughs> kind of working outdoors and dealing with the elements and then when you change parks you have to retech the entire show because of course the parks are laid out differently and there's different hiding spots for our quote-unquote backstage and we have to get cued in different ways and the quick changes it it becomes very interesting to work on a show for you know a three three and a half week rehearsal process and then run it for two weeks in Central Park. And then when we switched to Brooklyn, it was like, oh, we're doing almost an entirely different show in terms of the staging and the blocking because we're adapting to our environments. And dealing with all of the uh, weather stuff that's been thrown at us, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we were just talking about how the outside is mustard. So um, it's, it's alarming. It's very creepy. Um, but I'm sure maybe adds a level of <laughs> intensity to everything. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. It, 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 it's a, it's a good reminder. I think, uh, we've had quite a few cancellations due to rainouts and air quality issues. So there is kind of been this element in our production, at least of, we never know when we're going to get to do the show again. <laughs> so every time we get to do it, it feels very exciting and kind of like, this could be the last one. So we're all <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I feel like it's a question for both of you, but I want to reference um, Delaney. I'd seen like this video that you posted on your Instagram about how like the difference in people quote like putting on a disability in an audition and an yeah. authenticity of people that simply have a disability um, mm-hmm. in in theatrical spaces. Um, yeah. I was just curious, like. How both of you, you know, like having done theater and perhaps Shakespeare before, like, what do you think it is that gives like some type of like levity and and excitement around like this production and then future productions as well as a difference in people that just try to, quote, put this on, which we're trying to very much steer away from because there are actors that simply have disabilities that should be cast in these roles. I'm just curious your thoughts there. (laughs) Right. Yes. I will try to streamline this a little bit because I could talk about this for uh, days. Um, But I I will say specifically, um, 
with this production, yes, I, I played the role in college when I was 20. And um, my experience of that callback room was I was surrounded by a lot of men in my program who were all using the callback time to move around the space and try to decide what disability they were playing at or what they had to come into the room, whether it be a hunch or a gate in their walk or, uh, you know, shaking or trembling. And uh, what I what I found and what I was told later by the director was that um, I, I was the only one coming into the room that seemed to be knowing the text the best because I didn't have to focus on anything else but the text. And I think that there's something really profound in that, that when you're focusing on faking a disability, it takes away from the actual storytelling that you're able to provide because mm -hmm. the focus becomes how well can you appear disabled whether, rather than how well can you embody this character. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough with this part specifically Richard the third, because there are some specific slurs and, and rude remarks made toward the character that seem to maybe suggest a certain type of disability um, that I've actually, you know, had people even comment and be like, Oh, well, your disability maybe doesn't match the character. You do you have a right to play this role because it's not the exact disability? And I think that gets so complicated, of course, because um, to your point, Grace, it's like we're not casting actors with disabilities at all in disabled roles. So to then when you do cast them, critique them in a certain way feels very bizarre to me. Um, yeah. But it's, it's it's a changing <laughs> climate and I hope it's a changing landscape. And to Pamela's point earlier, what I lead casting directors mostly, but really anybody who makes art is that, of course, I want to be telling disabled stories specifically, but I've played many a role in my career that are not to do with my disability at all. And I think that's where you start to kind of break the mold when you tell an audience that this feature of someone is actually not their full identity. And my own life specifically, <laughs> the most interesting parts have nothing to do with my disability, in my opinion. And I think right. that curtails into art as well. Yeah, really well said, Delaney. So agree. Um, and I just, you know, to add to that, like uh, people saying, oh, but you don't have the specific disability. It's like, well, so often uh, disability is used as a concept, right? Or, um, you know, it's a symbol of something or a metaphor. And it's like, um, it's actually a lived experience. It's a real thing. <laughs> right? And, and, and we are just yeah. human beings. And so often, I think even with this production, it may have started out as like, hey, we really want to do this very good thing, which is cast an authentically disabled actor as Richard and also cast disabled actors as non-disabled roles. Um, but what ends up happening is that even that very concept gets, it's just, it becomes just about telling the story. And as you so uh, well put it the other day, Delaney, um, the audience empathizes with these characters and sees themselves in these characters. And that's what's so important about making sure that disabled bodies are in the same room, in the same space as the audience and that we're all breathing the same air which hopefully won't be toxic for long um but, but that we have that ability as opposed to being like put to the side as some metaphor or concept which ultimately is dehumanizing right and we are all of the same 
human experience. Right. No, that's, that's exactly it. Sorry. Go ahead, Delaney. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, as you had mentioned earlier as well, Grace, just that, that, that some of the stories of disability that we like to tell or, or retell are, um, just, just plays that everyone knows and are kind of labeled as quote unquote disability plays. And that sometimes to Pamela's point, these, these things were written quite a while ago and they were using disability as a form of, um, sympathy and 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 in a in a vague sense and i even question sometimes about richard the third about what are we actually telling people about people with disabilities with this story and is it valid and is it worth telling and my argument is that i think it is still worth telling as long as we're casting it authentically um and, and even this audience, I mean, I've had people come up to me that are like, I've seen Richard the Third three or four times, and I just never knew that he was this funny. And I was, I'm like, right, because for me, like, comedy and is a way of coping. And I think for people that actually don't have this lived experience, it becomes very, like, much about pity and poor me. And they're really focused on that aspect when... Um, there's so many more layers and colors there, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's more than just sadness <laughs> to mm-hmm. have a disability. I think. Oh yeah. We've been talking every- about that in every marginalized space imaginable Single. of like, it doesn't yeah. have to be trauma-based guys. Like we can sincerely mm-hmm. have joy. Um, and I'm, and I'm hopeful that like the, the continuation of performances and opportunities like this continue to spark creativity in other spaces. I really do believe that there's a ripple effect. And that's all the more reason that you need to go and see all of these incredible performers at Richard III as part of New York classical theater uh, throughout the summer this year, Central Park, Brooklyn Commons, Carl Schwarz Park. But I mean, there's only a few more opportunities to see it. So you have to make free reservations. Guys, like it's such, it's a no brainer. Like you have to go, Um, (laughs) but I'm just so honored to, for both of you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us, Delaney and Pamela. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or where people can follow you or just come to the show in general? Yeah. I mean, thank you so much, Grace. Um, I, I would just say, you know, do make the reservations, um, nyclassical.org, um, so that, Given all the crazy weather, you will also be alerted to the fact if it, it is, has to be um, canceled due to weather. Um, and Delaney, you go for it. Yeah, I was just going to say, come out. It's a it's a fun time. I, Shakespeare, I know for some people feels um, alienating, but I promise you, you will get some laughs. You will see some cool fight scenes. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you'll have some lovely conversations about humanity and how we all treat one another and um besides that i'm all good thank you so much for this time grace it was lovely chatting yeah thank you so much for your interest and support absolutely anytime thank you both at next time you're doing a show as well like hit us up uh you all can visit nyclassical.org slash richard iii you all know richard the third um we'll include (laughs) that in our show notes um as part of our today on broadway broadway radio thank you both so much Please continue to have wonderful performances. We sincerely can't wait to continue to support you all and have a lovely day. Thank you. Bye, everyone.